tend to your body, you'll tend to my soul. And if it happens the other way around, I know you'll gently lay me in the ground and take the next breath, take the next step. Home. Yeah. I love how she leaves that space. She lets the music say the say the word home, because it's home. The chord, the last chord she plays, is the home chord, because it's in the key of G. And um, that's the chord she plays. So we're back home, and. Um, you know, some people say that death is home, you know. To die is to go back home. So, um, and that's what Sarah Cruz's podcast is called. It's called A Path Home. And it's about reclaiming our innate right to care for our own loved ones at death in natural and often environmentally friendly ways. So I talked to her in Kansas while I was on my cross-country Build the Bridges tour in 2019. She was just about to launch her podcast, and she inspired me to start my own, actually, which I finally did two years later. So, um, I want you to listen to this conversation and hear the music in our voices and hear this conversation as a song that will invite feelings around death and dying and loss and grief. And you can sing along with it. You can play along, play an instrument, sing along. I, you know, that's part of my mission is to just bring music back into everyday life because I feel like it's a bridge that needs to be built. It's a bridge between life and death that is so in our modern society has just been kind of cut out, you know. If we always just appreciate the music in everything we do, I personally think that um, things are going to be better. So, anyway, so here goes the, the, the rest of the conversation. Okay, so here we are with Sarah Cruz and... This is um, part of the Build the Bridges interview series where we focus on people that are devoting their lives to their soul path. And um, so we're kind of looking at how that is about bridging, 
building bridges. And, and, and to me, there's always a musical quality to everything, so that's just inherent. But I want to just find out from Sarah about her work. Thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> so nice to be here talking with you. Um, I'm also a musician. That's part of what I do. So I would say that, um, like you, it's, it's um, I, I can't distinguish, you know, not being a musician from the rest of my soul path. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so it's all in there. Um, definitely has guided me and playing music and writing music has led me to the path that I'm on, on now, um, which is entirely unexpected, and I didn't know that I would be doing this work. Um, if you had asked me even, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I guess, at this point. Um, but so what I do is I work, um, I, I was working in nursing homes and uh, for hospice as a music caregiver. I didn't call it music therapy because I'm not, I wasn't going into it as a trained music therapist, but more to just provide music as part of the care that I was giving um, in those settings. And uh, I, I say now that that experience of, of playing music first for people, engaging people in mu music activities in the nursing home led me then to hospice work. And I became trained as a... Um, bereavement counselor for hospice and I also brought music to grief group and I was often asked to play at funerals so I have come all the way down that continuum of care that at the time I felt sort of ended when the person died other than the bereavement bereavement support um, to now I help people take care of their own deceased loved ones so I've I, I'm, I went from caring for the dying and caring for the bereaved to helping care for the dead. Hmm. <laughs> wow. And I'm still bringing music to the process. Okay. How does the music, how do you bring the process, the music to the, to the process caring for of the caring dead? for the dead? Um, well, I just bring music to everything that I do. <laughs> okay. So, you know, not that the dead can necessarily hear it. Maybe they can. Uh, we don't know. But um, I've, Played. At, I have opened Kansas's first all-natural cemetery. It's called Heartland Prairie Cemetery, and um, it's also a restoration prairie project. So I have played music at some of the graveside um, services out there. Right. And uh, but you know, I, I still play for uh, families whose loved ones are dying and. Um, Definitely in some of the rituals that are created, that families create around taking care of their own at home after death. It's called a home funeral. Um, often music is a part of that, you know, depending. Hmm. People find music soothing, and um, it's, a, it's a, also a great way to reminisce, you know, about someone who's died is by playing and uh, listening to their favorite music can really help with ritual. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I want to hear more about this, um, the cemetery, because okay. it feels like it, one of the qualities is that it's regenerative. So it's like very much about the cycle, the birth and death cycle, because you're also regenerating this prairie. 
right? Right, right. But I don't really know. Native prairie. Okay, yeah, because I, so I don't... So it land, it's land that had um, been uh, cultivated before for food crops. And, um, but here in Kansas, the natural uh, ecosystem is one that, of prairie. So the whole idea around green burial and this uh, movement that people are becoming more and more aware of how resource-intensive our burial practices have become. You know, we bury just an incredible amount of embalming fluid, which is mostly uh, formaldehyde and other chemicals. Uh, we, we bury a lot of rainforest harvested hardwoods, you know, in caskets and coffins. We bury just a ton of concrete in these concrete vaults. This is in a conventional burial mm. um, where we will put uh, like, like a steel coffin inside a steel reinforced concrete vault and then put a lid on it. And some of these are super elaborate. You know, I mean, obviously the coffins are, but even the vaults. And then, and then we put sod over the top of those and these huge big marble monuments and the, the whole purpose of those vaults is really so that um, the cemetery management can r- put heavy equipment, like mow the lawn and, and maintain it like as a park without having it cave in. Because when a body is naturally decomposing in the ground, it's going to create a um, depression in the, in the soil. So huh. it's really just to keep it flat so you can mow. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was a little deeper than that. I thought it was because people just were afraid of, as part of the not wanting to let go. And right, so afraid of decomposition. Right. right. So Absolutely. But it's, I, it's... I mean, I would say the practical reason for it is so yeah. that you can mow. But I think the deeper reason culturally is that we're scared to death of of decomposition and actually returning to the earth and allowing our bodies to naturally decompose. Like some people would be like, Oh, I'm just like, just the thought of like earthworms is too much. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, it's really rethinking the way that first of all, that we do burial. Um, but it's the way that our ancestors did burial for millennia, right? Is they just would bury a body in the ground. Um, and the clothing that they were wearing or wrapped in a sheet or grandmother's quilt, and it was all biodegradable, and that's how we did burial for, for thousands of years. And we used to just call it burial, but now we have to like really focus on making, like, making it green, which is not burying all that stuff, just putting unembalmed bodies in a biodegradable container. So that could be a plain pine box or cardboard or wicker. There's all sorts of like green burial products out there now. Hmm. Um, but basically something that is easily decomposable, um, or just wrapped in a simple shroud. So that could just be a piece of linen or, um, silk fabric Hmm. and, um, placed in the ground and, and then also rethinking the way that we look at cemetery spaces. And so in, in conserving land or restoring land to native prairie, like we're doing here, um, we're, we're creating habitat, we're creating green spaces, we're creating a, a new way of looking at this kind of sacred space where our loved ones are buried and, um, you know, creating spaces where people can come and just sit and be in nature and bird watch and meditate and hike. 
Yeah, it feels like so much more connected to reality. It's, you know, in, in um, Moss Island in, in Kenya, Yeah. I, my, what I want to actually, if I put my living will together, I want to put in there that my body is to be taken to Kenya because what they do is they just drag it out into the bush and the hyenas come mm-hmm. and eat it. So it completely, immediately goes back to the, to the uh, into the environment ecosystem, yeah. ecosystem yeah right yeah into the food chain actually right in that case yeah I mean the, this system here but I, I guess you couldn't do that here it's you know it wouldn't be legal it has to be buried yeah buried or cremated um, you know, if we there's had- a new prop uh, there's a, a new process that has just recently de- been developed and approved in Washington state to actually compost human bodies. It's called recompose. It's pretty exciting <laughs> to take care of, you know, our urban situations where there isn't a lot of land for burial. Do you, do you have like a, a website where there's like um, resources where people can like look up these things? Because that's yes. the kind of thing yeah. that I would want to reference. Yeah, absolutely. Can I mean, you just recompose- give it now before we forget? Because yeah, um, the Green Burial Council is a great resource for. Um, for green burial grounds across the U.S. And um, I've got a website for Heartland Prairie Cemetery.org. Um, and the National... Wait, Heart- Heartland, say that again? Heartland Prairie Cemetery is the okay. name of the cemetery I opened .org, here. .org, okay. Uh, I'm sure Recompose, that composting project, has got a website. And... And uh, the National Home Funeral Alliance, which I've been um, active with since 2010 and serving on the board since 2013, the last two years as president of the board, um, but they are an incredible resource for um, home funeral. You know, we're, we're a nonprofit educational organization that is just reminding people, teaching people um, this ancient wisdom that we have always had of caring for our own dead until about the little over the last century when we started to outsource the care of our dead to a professional industry. Mm. And it kind of, you know, got teeth <laughs> that we, we didn't even realize at the time as we're slowly kind of giving away this really important transitional time in our lives together as families and in community. Um, as important as birth, you know, mm. sending to our own dead. So I highly recommend going to the the National Home Funeral Alliance website, homefuneralalliance.org. Okay, so you 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 have just the one website, which is the the uh, well, that is specific to the cemetery, heartlandprairiecemetery.org. Okay. But those yeah. are just other, you know, the Green Burial yeah. Council and so yeah, so at these. Um, Back in the day, you know, when there would be a very ceremonial um, event around someone's death, mm-hmm. there'd always be music, of course. Like the, sure. He, and, and, and yeah. I would think that most of the people would participate, don't you feel, in one way or another? Um, with sure. The music, with the music in some way. Yeah, I mean, and it depends on certain cultures. It's absolutely still a part of it. I mean, I don't know if you've been uh, with the Maasai during... The, the death of someone there, but if no, there is uh, any chanting or singing or drumming that goes oh, on. Oh, there, there has I'm to be. I'm sure, yeah, yeah and dancing, leaping up in the air. Yeah. 
You know? I, I, I would love to, to witness that. So, yeah, in some countries, for sure, cultures. And, you know, I would say that that happens here in congregations. You know, everybody stands up and sings together. Amazing grace, you know. Yeah. It might not seem as... as um, interactive say as like uh, a more of a tribal group around a fire but it's you know just as meaningful for people to stand up and and sing hymns together you know or what however they bring music to it and yeah. participate yeah so um is there anything that you'd like to like to uh, say that kind of or is it just more that you want to say about this that that you feels like a deep feeling um you know i i just feel so strongly about it that that this is a piece of a piece of what it means to be human that we have forgotten based on a fear of death like we've distanced ourselves so much from the natural cycle of things that the idea of death can be very terrifying, you know? And we have religions that really uh, focus on an afterlife narrative to make us less fearful of that, mm. of that death. But how can we really um, sort of become more human, if you will, through caring for our own dead and in turn caring for the planet and our ultimate mother nature through, through allowing our bodies to, to feed that soil and, and become part of that natural cycle again. Wow. So it's both things. Yeah. That, I mean, I'm totally with you on the more human. We can definitely... <laughs> That's who we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you that, have a song now because yeah. you you also have a uh, a podcast. That yeah, you, I'm just starting a podcast. Right. Yeah. And it hasn't. You, I haven't launched it yet, but. Right, but part of the you're going to use this the song that you wrote, but just part of the song. Right. So I was thinking maybe we could go. I also actually want to go to the cemetery. Okay. And record a little just. You talking sure. a little bit with also the sound of sure. life. Let me tell you a little bit about the podcast. It's called A Path Home, and it's mainly about hearing home funeral stories, um, talking with people who have take care, taken care of their own loved ones at home after death. So um, green burial is sometimes a part of that, natural burial, but it doesn't have to be. You know, People can take care of their own loved one at home and still have like a cremation um, or or a conventional burial for that matter. Uh, but they do, the two topics go dovetail nicely. Most people who are interested, well, I can't say most people, but people often who are interested in doing sort of a natural after-death care at home are also interested in an uh, environmentally friendly return to the earth. So they can go together. Um, so, yeah. I guess that's all I had to say about that. <laughs> cool. So we will, I'm going to bring this recorder out to the cemetery. And now we're going to go to the Heartland Prairie Cemetery in Ottawa, Kansas. Should we walk on the trail? Yeah. 
Okay. So this is, can you describe where we are? We're at um, Heartland Prairie Cemetery, located in central Kansas, north of I-70, by about five miles, near a little town called Niles. And um, this is a restoration, ah, Prairie Cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> and we just appropriately, okay, we so bump into a spider, so this spider is, web because it's like, it's like spider being- Spider web season right now. So I'll walk along with this stick. But it's like being in a um, in a haunted house. No, it's not. It's nothing <laughs> like being in a haunted house. It's like being in the beauty of nature. We've got um, wooded areas on either side of, of the burial meadow. And we've created these trails. This one is uh, called the Path of Peace and was finished by an Eagle Scout. Wow, that's a beautiful web right there. I wish everybody could see this lush greenery around us. It's like we can't even, if, okay. if, if it's only like, what, 20 yards wide, the swath of, of green? Yeah, it's really not that big, but it's really dense, you know? this time of year. And if it was, if it really can continued in either direction, you wouldn't see any light except for what was coming from above. That's right. It's That's kind right. of like a rainforest in a way. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. So unexpected. So we have a path uh, going all the way, the length of the burial meadow here on the on the west side and another one over on the east side. And our vision is that there's just, you know, like I was saying earlier, um, rethinking the way we, th we think of cemetery spaces and creating places for people to just hike and be in nature and, um, you know, kind of take it all in. So can you describe what, like, what is, in the prairie right now. What is the prairie like? Um, well, you'll be driving through it later on, but it's mainly a lot of grasses and flowers and just perennial plants. That's the tagline of our cemetery, by the way, is rest in perennials. Ah. R.I.P. <laughs> that's great. Because um, that's like rest, rest in forever. Rest in perennials, that's right. Um, so, what, so but right prairie. now, we're, we're, well, you'll see when we go out there into the meadow, we're, we're here on uh, about 13 acres, that includes the, um, wooded areas on either side. This is our tool shed, this trailer, we just moved this over here this weekend, it had been parked over at a nature's, a neighbor's property. But we cleared this area of um, trees and the, what was growing here so we could park it on site, which is really handy to just be able to have our tools right here. So that's been a long time coming, and hopefully we'll be building uh, within the year a tool shed here on site that will replace okay. that. So right now, this, this whole meadow that we're looking at yeah. is designated for burials. That's correct. Yep. 
the whole, this will be a cemetery in perpetuity in the state of Kansas. Wow, it's and how, been, how did you get that, the state of Kansas to, to grant that? Well, um, it really was, uh, the, the land was donated to the project by the Land Institute, which is an agricultural research institute here in Salina. Um, that is interested in reconnecting communities and humans to the landscape that they live in um, through developing perennial grain crops. And so they were, they were very much interested in supporting this natural burial project and donated the land. And then after that, it was as simple as getting a special use permit from the zoning committee um, of the county that we're in. And then one of the requirements for starting a cemetery, really in any state, is that you um, put funds aside in what's called a permanent maintenance fund that will take care of the cemetery forever. Um, and in Kansas, that permanent maintenance fund starts with $10,000. In some states, it's much higher than that. So it's harder to form a cemetery because you have to raise a whole lot more, lot of money to mm. start out your permanent maintenance fund. But we did an online uh, source fundraising campaign and raised over $10,000 to start that permanent maintenance fund and to get some of our tools and basically applied with the state to open a cemetery and they said yes. <laughs> Wow, do, do you know, um, if, is there any states where it's cheaper than that? No, I don't think so. I think that Kansas is one of the cheaper ones. Yeah. I've heard that it's, um, I think it was in Tennessee. Some folks I know started a, a green cemetery there, and I think they had to start at $100,000 in the permanent maintenance fund. I've heard 25000 Hmm. It really varies from state to state. But once that was in place and the zoning department gave us the special use permit, and it was a new thing for them, too. They had never approved a cemetery. But, um, and they had a lot of questions about burial depth and, you know, water quality and safety. And we um, answered all their questions satisfactorily and they decided that they would um, allow us to open this cemetery. Okay, so now we're coming out to, so, so all together here, there's um, about how many acres? All together about 13 and the burial meadow is, is probably closer to eight. Okay, so eight, eight, acres. eight acres is designated for burials, and, and how many burials can there be? Um, quite a lot. Even at a kind of increased space size that we have in Green Burial, like we're not trying to pack everybody in here, um, we can still probably, a conventional cemetery will sometimes have a thousand bodies per acre. Really? And even at, you know, even at, we're looking at probably 300 per acre, three to 400 mm. an acre, we can still bury, wow. you know, a good 4,000 bodies out here. Wow. And those are full body burials. 
But there's a lot of people who do cremated remains burials. You're walking right here oh, on um, Kenneth. Here whoa. We go. So is it? Is it? <laughs> so we have three full body burials. Here. Oh, wow. There's Ken. Um, he was buried in a cardboard box that his family decorated with all of his favorite things. This is Dr. Charlie Livingston. Oh, do you ever use our first shroud burial. Nope, these are the only markers on the graves. Now, is that a rule? Is there a reason why? Like if someone well, wanted a headstone, could they have one? No, not here at this cemetery. Um, that's the policy of the cemetery. But it's because we're restoring it to native prairie and we need to manage it like prairie. So we can't have a bunch of rocks sticking up all over the place or we wouldn't be able to have it be a wild mm. prairie space in the end. Could you pick something some kind of monument of your own, even if it's like really small? Uh, no. <laughs> you can plant native prairie spe species on top. Oh, okay. That's the kind of monument you can Yeah. Plant. So it has to be a living monument. That's right. That you have to yep, maintain. Yeah, it would have to be cemetery approved. We had thought about, and it still says on the website that we could have um, monuments of native stone engraved and put on the... Um, trail alongside the trail that indicate that that person is out here um but you know the more i've thought about it the more i just feel like it's unnecessary we don't have to fill that place up with stones either mm. you know it's just having to rethink again what we right think of as cemetery space and everybody's got their name and their dates here i i hammer those in so this is a cremated remains burial, and as is this. And the woman who um, buried her husband and her sister-in-law here, um, or sister? Anyway, she's gonna have a full body burial right next to them. And these are marked for future burials. We've just mapped it out. And then we have one more full body burial here. And then three more in the same family cremated remains. So, okay, so if you have somebody or you want to have a space reserved yeah. for you, how much does it cost? Um, the plots are, are uh, $1,200 for the, for the plot. And then you can come out here and dig the grave yourself if you'd like to. Um, we require that that gets started two days before the burial and is fin completed bef the day before the burial because it's really hard work. But people are invited to dig their own graves if they'd like. If not... <laughs> I'd like to dig my own grave. Yeah. I mean, I do it every day. Or have day. your families do it. Yeah. Right. No, but I, I mean, mean, it's I harder could... for someone who's on the edge of death to come out and right. dig their own grave. But, but I mean, um, if I wanted to you could dig plan it, for... it really far in advance, I could dig my own grave. Um, well, it'd be hard to keep that hole in the ground. Um, you know, I mean, as the weather and everything, it would cave in eventually. You'd have to... It has to be dug, like, right before the burial, you yeah. know? You, it, it, you can't really preserve a hole in the ground for that long. Yeah. But, I mean, you could put something in it to fill it up that would be easy to take out. I, I don't know. There's something... Maybe, depending on how, <laughs> how far in front 
Yeah. But, or you can hire the backhoe. We have a grave digger that has a backhoe, and he, he charges $400. And so that's available for people. And that's huh. how all of okay, these, so other than the cremated remains, we do all those by hand because they're so small. But the um, full-body burials have all been dug by the guy that's with the backhoe. interesting, the cremated remains. I've always viewed cremation as a thing to sprinkle around. Like yeah, to, to, and, the, yeah. and people always request that you put it in certain places. Right, that you scatter those ashes. Yeah. And I think in most of these cases, part of those folks have been scattered somewhere. Yeah. But then they were, they had this, this remaining that they wanted to have in a place with the marker and be able to come here. Right, right, right. That's nice to have a place people can gather. Um, so, so anybody can come in here. Yep. Anytime. Anytime. To honor. Yep. And so then we have a whole other trail going through there. And the Land Institute owes, owns some native prairie just on the other side of this little creek and these trees. And so eventually we will have a trail system that connects the two pieces. So you can hike all through the prairie over there and then come back over here. Wow. And hopefully we'll have some benches here and there, you know, for people to sit down. Okay, so it's $1,200 to reserve a, a place. Yeah, we don't sell them in advance. We actually aren't reserving places in advance, except for working with families who already have someone buried here and they want to be next to them. Hmm. But we decided we just didn't want to have to keep track of people's money for that long. Like, let's say you decided you wanted to be buried out here and you give me $1,200 today and then you live for another 50 years <laughs> or 40 years or 30 years or whatever. It's like, I just didn't want to have to keep track of all that. But we will keep track for one other person. You know, it's just gone are the days of when, you know, people would buy uh, grave sites for everyone in the family and their descendants, because no longer do people stay in the same place. You know, you might end up, mm, right? You know, dying someplace far from here, and then we're stuck with this reserved space for someone who's not going to use it. But then you don't have to pay, like, rent. No, the land was donated. No, but the per if when you so what. You don't have to, the person buying the, the, the place for their, whoever it is. Yeah. They... They just pay once. You just pay once not, for but, your but plot. But that's not how, is that how it works in a regular... Cemetery? Yeah. Um, yeah, most cemeteries will uh, take their money and hold on, you know, spend it, do whatever they do. And that plot is reserved for you and your family. So you own, it's like you're buying that piece of property. Yeah, it's like you own that piece of property. Oh. Yeah, but you just buy it once. Oh, okay, so in a, in a, like in a city or something, you know, like New York City has these really big cemeteries. Yeah. And they must be really expensive plots because that's expensive property. Yeah. Oh, okay, that, that okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. And 1200 might seem like a lot for here in central Kansas, but it also goes to um, the Restoration Prairie Project, the work that we come out here and do and just maintaining the, the site.
Actually, I, I thought it was kind of low. Yeah. 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 Well, um... And it's the only thing you have to buy here, is just the plot. And most cemeteries are going to require that you purchase a vault and that you, yeah. you know, have a some elaborate coffin or, you know, there's also uh, the big monument. It, it's just the plot here. It's just the hole in the ground that you're buying. <laughs> That's great. So here we are in the... The actual meadow here. Oh, yep. we still have more to look at? Oh, well, I'm just going to show you the sign. We can walk over there and okay. see the sign. Because I, I just want to kind of like... Uh... Yeah, and all the barriers, burials that we've done so far are on that northern end. Okay. So but eventually this... they'll fill up this entire... Sure. Yeah, eventually. Not in my lifetime, but... <laughs> Eventually. That's a beautiful thought that you're planting <laughs> like a seed. You're, it's literally like you're planting a garden. I know. That, that so you don't know it's going to grow into like this huge thing that you can't this even beautiful imagine. Beautiful prairie meadow and yeah. people coming out to you know kind of commune with nature and their loved ones and get in touch with the cycle of life and um, it's just yeah. Whenever we come out here to work, we just feel so happy and fulfilled that we're doing this thing that is, that is larger than us, you know, and will really take on a life of its own. So here's the sign. It's facing the road. Probably should have been facing like this way a little bit, but... It should be, there should be two of them. Yeah. Facing like a triangle. I can't really see it. Yeah, we can't see it. You can see it when you drive by. Yeah. But there it is. You can tiptoe around there. It's beautiful. <laughs> okay, I know I'm going to edit this thing, but is there anything yeah. um, more that you want to say? Like his final, final words of wisdom that came to you as we walk around here? Um, I just love this, I just love this space out here, and it just, it feels like giving back, you know, for those of us who have really spent a lot of time thinking about the environment, or recycling, or, you know, any number of things, to just have, to provide this space, and this uh, gift really for people to be able to have a real a return to the earth that has ecological integrity and it's just I, now I'm kind of babbling <laughs> yeah right because it's beyond words it is you know but when people come out here and the services that we've um, facilitated happening out here it is so meaningful because they we have distanced ourselves so much from actual participation in the care of our dead even in a cemetery setting so in other cemeteries when you go there like we were we were just now talking about how you can dig the grave but we also have the families lower the body into the grave themselves we don't have a cemetery staff that is doing all that for you where everybody stand back and is kind of like a spectator 
you know, but people are actually involved. And with all three of those full body burials, none of those families had ever engaged in that part of it. None of them had ever lowered a body into the grave. I've never done that. But, you know, I just trust that this is something that we know how to do on a, like, cellular level. It's not that difficult. You're yeah. holding your loved one. You're going to lower the ropes one hand over hand. We're going to put her in the grave, you know, three people on either side. And I just talk people through it. We go through a little practice run and then remove the boards and they lower their loved ones and they cover the grave and have an extraordinary experience. And I feel like allowing people to engage in a really ordinary task, this ordinary thing that we have done for millennia as humans, it's just culturally unfamiliar, but then when you're invited and given permission to do it, feel it in your muscles, you know, what it is that you're doing, and then cover the grave with shovels that we provide, it's, it becomes an extraordinary experience.